Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bill Mackey. You know, talking about a good kid, it makes it easy to root for. He's a solid young man. I really like him a lot. Judd Zolgad. You know, Uh-oh. that's a shame. <laughs> but... Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Get rid of kickoffs. Get rid of kickoffs. Don't go kickoffs. No more kicks. Matthew Collar. That was a really solid attempt. Though. It was. Uh, from the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com and Saturday Sports Talk. Before we get into your film breakdown of O'Neal, second-round pick, offensive lineman here, uh, are you are you okay with the NFL essentially phasing out kickoffs? Where do you stand on what the NFL should do with kickoffs? They're gonna they're gonna come up with some sort of a finalized proposal here in the next two or three weeks. I'm very conflicted on it because I've always had a soft spot for a good kickoff returner. I mean, you know, Eric Metcalf and uh, Tamaric Banover, just, you wow. know, those guys, Dante Hall, yeah. they, they make a name for themselves when otherwise a lot of times these guys wouldn't have been uh, big-name players. And, you know, even uh, Devin Hester just was unbelievable at it. I challenge guy, you to an obscure kickoff returner name-off. I'll start. <laughs> Dave Meggett. Oh, Dave Maggett's a great one, yeah. I mean, right, there's so many of these guys that became stars, even if it was only for a short time because of how fun and dynamic they were to watch in the kickoff return. But when you look at every study, it's one of the most dangerous plays that exists in football. And I know that you can't make the entire game safe. It's never going to be. People are always going to have head injuries as long as this game exists. But you have to do everything you possibly can, not just for future league lawsuits, but just for the people who are playing the game as well. I mean, you're really sending guys full speed at each other. I don't see any possible way that they can make it a safe play, but maybe some of these proposals will make it a little bit better. Do you like, uh, Collar, this direction of going towards a punt, or what would be, uh, since it looks like the kickoff as we knew it is going to be dead here, what would be your answer for the best way to uh, start a game and address how a team gets a ball back after a score besides a wing eating yeah. contest well, <laughs> well i definitely would love to get rid of guys just kicking it out of the back of the end zone because that's the most boring play yep. in football i i mean i do like the idea of uh punting it off i mean either way it's like it's not like teams have some guy whose only job is to kick off it's either the kicker or the punter for every single team i think one team maybe last year in the nfl had a kickoff specialist if that 
So, I mean, I, I like the idea of punts to actually make it a play and where there could possibly be, uh, you know, a return for touchdown and, and make it exciting for fans so they're not sitting there just wasting their time after the extra point. That was the goal of moving the extra point back was to give a little drama to it. Well, making this a punt probably would do that. By the way, Dave Meggett was sentenced to 30 years in prison in 2010. He, uh, I was going to bring that up. We all make mistakes, yeah. Phil. We all make mistakes, okay? Yeah, there's that. But he had a couple touchdowns. But he was really good at, at what he time. did at one time. So you've you've broken down some film here. Tell us what you have uh, found about the Vikings' second-round pick in your film study. Well, would you like me to start with the good or the bad? <laughs> you know what? Let's rip the Band-Aid off right away. Let's start with the bad. Okay, the bad is that technically he's got a long way to go that uh when uh i i used my o-line guy i've told you guys that uh i have uh, a guy that i work with who helps break down some of the tape on offensive linemen it's kind of his specialty brandon thorne and uh our article is on 1500espn.com and what he found was that the, the technique struggles are very real for uh, brian o'neill and the inconsistency there uh, especially when it comes to handling bull rushes, that he is able to be uh, pushed right back. That's also a combination of not having strength as well. Some of his run blocking technique, just in traditional handoffs, uh, was was very troublesome. And sometimes he can get uh, where he's kind of uh, lunging himself at a guy or trying to just basically bear hug and hold on for dear life. And all of that will just get you murdered in the NFL if you remember T.J. Clemmings. That's the bad. It looks like he has a long way to go there and might not be able to play right away. The good is that he has elite athleticism, his ability to block in space, which means just get, getting outside on poles or on screens, is as good as it gets, probably the best in this entire draft of finding the safety or the linebacker corner he's supposed to hit and locking onto that guy and eliminating him from the play. That is not always the easiest thing to do at six foot seven and near 300 pounds, and he is extremely good at it, and he gets out of his stance and out there as quick as there is in the NFL. So he's got the potential to use that to become one of the better players at his position. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a while, and I'm not sure he's going to have an impact in 2018. But this all goes back to what we talked about on Tuesday, which was this. This draft looks like a draft that, for the most part, is full of of prospects who are projects, Collar. And, and it goes back to the fact that when you didn't take a, a guard high in the second round by training up or with, with your late first round pick, you essentially did commit yourself to a group of projects, which is fine if you don't expect to win right now. Right. The ceiling on Brian O'Neill is a franchise left tackle. Which is great, very, yes. Right, right. There are very few people, even in this draft, even the top guys taken, that you could say that that's what their ceiling is. Uh, at the same time, if the even though the ceiling on somebody like Will Hernandez or James Daniels might just be a very, very good, a well-above-average guard, which is far less valuable than a franchise left tackle, they would have probably been near their ceiling right away uh, and been able to step right into that right guard position and make an impact this year. And now what you've left yourself with as the Vikings is a lot of question marks about what you're going to do there and if I were to guess right now, I'd say we end up seeing Rashad Hill as the right tackle and Mike Remmers as the right guard, which can work, but you're not going to have an above-average offensive line with this group. You're probably going to be about a league-average line, and then if someone gets hurt, you're, you're well below league average, and that's 
the risk that they took by selecting a cornerback with their first pick. It sounds like, Matthew Collar, people are raving about the undrafted free agent class that the Vikings brought in. I mean, for God's sakes, they took they signed a guy named Hercules, a linebacker <laughs> named Hercules. So uh, who, who are some of the guys that you think have the best chance to make the 53-man roster besides Hercules, who I think is a lock at this point? Well, Hercules has a great chance because it looks like he was a defensive tackle at only 255 pounds. And it looks like they're going to try to move him to linebacker. But he strikes me as the type of guy who could make plays on special teams and maybe earn a job there. That's one of them. The guy to really watch is Holton Hill, the uh, cornerback, who had a lot of problems off the field and was kicked off of his team or suspended, and basically that ended his uh, career at Texas. But as a player, he's pretty darn good. I mean, I think that if he hadn't failed a drug test at the Combine, and (laughs) I know how this all sounds, but if he, if, he hadn't been, if he hadn't been suspended and he hadn't been kicked off his team at uh, Texas and he hadn't uh, been suspended or uh, failed the drug test at the combine, if none of that stuff would happen. He probably would have been somewhere in the range of a second to third round pick because he's big. He's he's, he's like six foot two, six three. He's an extremely good tackler. He's very physical. He's got some instincts. I watched a game of his the other day. He's a, he's a real nice player, but I mean. The chances that any of these undrafted free agents actually work out is pretty low. If you think about last year, two guys, undrafted free agents, made the team. They were Tashawn Bauer, who had one sack, and I think he basically played in one game, and Aviante Collins, who filled in as their sixth lineman every once in a while. I came in in a situational package. So they're very, very rarely impact players, but those two guys stand out quite a bit above the rest. You know I agree with Kyler. If Ray Carruth hadn't gotten into a couple little things off the field there, you know, he could have been a great wide receiver in this league. Hey, it worked for Dave Maggot. I mean, so what if he went to prison? I mean, he was a good kick returner. How big is the red flag of a guy that fails a drug test at the Combine, which is the one time that you know you're going to be tested for sure exactly when? Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. Does he have Moxie? Maybe he has Moxie. Maybe it's the other. Percy Harvin fell to the Vikings in 2009 because he failed the drug test at the combine. So, and that's the the point about getting too excited about undrafted guys. Because if you were Percy Harvin level talent, he drops in finger quotes to the second round or to the middle of the first round. If you are really a true elite talent, this league is still taking those guys. I mean, even the Vikings' first pick, Mike Hughes. Uh, left North Carolina under some pretty bad circumstances, and he was oh. accused of a sexual assault, yeah. and he got in a fight. I mean, if the, if the guy is really great, these teams aren't going to care. And that's the thing with Holton Hill, that maybe he would have been a third, uh, possibly a second-round pick, but if he was an elite prospect, he would have been drafted at some point despite all these issues. Antonio Callaway had much worse problems, and he ends up getting drafted, too, uh, the wide receiver from Florida. So that's why you just don't get too excited. They got a guy, uh, Jeff Baddett, who ran a 4-2-8 at his pro day, but you know he only caught like 20 passes last year for Oklahoma. So, I mean, every one of these guys is kind of, well, maybe he's interesting for some reason or another. We also need bodies, and sometimes a guy turns into – Anderson Deho or Adam Thielen or, or somebody like that. So you you take as many swings as you can, but it's always like there's nobody that I could really tell you, oh, yeah, they got this guy, so Super Bowl, here we come. Does Mike Hughes' ability to return punts, collar mean that, dare I say it, Marcus Sherrills might be in trouble? I never say that. I know. I quit two years ago because of he was never in trouble. He always made the roster. 
the guy is just special when it comes to that. He just has this incredible ability. I, I bet he would run like a four seven forty if he did it right now. But he has just this freakish matrix like ability to see where guys are going to be and then hit the holes. And not too many people have that. But you know, they might look at this and say, well, if this Holton Hill kid is very good, we want to keep him as a defensive back instead. Or maybe there's somebody else they signed, uh, Trey Matthews, who is a um, safety from Auburn. Maybe we want an extra safety on special teams, so we just have Mike Hughes do it. But I, I think that kick returning in the NFL and kick returning in college is, uh, or, or punt returning is uh, quite a big difference. I mean, the punters are way better. They get down faster on you. It, it's a different story. And last year, now Rodney Adams had never tried it before until last year was the first time, but he couldn't even catch punts in the NFL. I mean, it's a, it is not an easy task. So I wouldn't count Marcus Sherrill's out just yet. Yeah. Did you guys know Ray Carruth gets out of prison this year? Yeah, I, I, know that. I, I did. Take, yeah. a, take a flyer on him? or <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, there's really not much to there's say. There's like that. a bunch of stories about how he won't seek custody of the son that was... Like, because his girlfriend was, isn't that how it happened? Yes. His girlfriend was pregnant. She was pregnant when he tried to kill her, or had a guy try and kill her, yes. Yeah, so. And I shot mean, her. some team, as long as he doesn't think for himself, some team will give him a call, right? Right. But exactly. Kaepernick? <laughs> Kaepernick, no right, way. No chance. No, no way. Stay miles away from that guy. Independent thought, <laughs> not in this league, there's not. I hope you guys saw the uh, MMQB article where uh, the anonymous scout was talking about with uh, Josh Rosen. Like, oh, yeah. You never want a guy. You never want a guy whose family had a three car garage or something like. Yeah, <laughs> nobody who's nobody who's rich has actually ever succeeded. Well, that's a no, problem. Nobody who grew up rich has ever succeeded ever. Three cars? I wouldn't draft him. Way too many cars right there. Yeah, and, no, that, you're right. That's two cars. Well, but no, two I think you meant I- exactly three car garages because Andrew Luck's family had a five car garage oh, and he okay. panned out. Right, that so, was okay. yeah, All right. just uh, you got to read a little deeper. Bye, Matthew. See you, Collar. Thanks, guys. Matthew Collar from 1500ESPN.com, the Purple Podcast. Can I say this? Holton Hill needs needs to be Holton Hill the third. You should not be named Holton Hill with, without being at least Holton Hill the third. Holton Hill because well, his name beg- sounds too pretentious. Yes, yes, or what? It, yes. It be- it begs for like Holton Hill the third Esquire. Yes, it begs for something behind it. What's his middle name? Could he just go by Triple H? That would be a copyright <laughs> violation too. You'd like that, Hunter though. Hurst Helmsley. Uh, Dave, what kind of questions do you have for us when we come back? Awesome, really awesome questions. <laughs> We're going to talk about the best players in the NFL according to the players in the NFL. Wow. Mine just exploded. You think you like appetizers? Tom Thibodeau doesn't just like appetizers. He f***ing loves them. We're looking to add wings. Wings! Yeah! yeah. yeah. Small plates. Calamari. Mozzarella sticks. Yeah, spinach and artichoke dip. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan, uh, there are rumors that Chris Long from Channel 5 might come hang out later this hour. 
Just to really? just to shoot the breeze. Talk a little pucks. Talk about his caps. caps. A little caps therapy session. It's got to be tough in these series where it's just like back and forth and you're a caps fan. I wonder if he's win. getting a little cocky. They're up two to one, right? Do, going do we into have tonight? game four tonight? Yeah. Tonight at six o'clock, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got right. game four of that series. And, uh, Animal uh, Planet, I believe. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> oh, no, it's Net Geo. Net Geo. You know what? Thankfully, they're doing a, a six o'clock faceoff for that game and then Jets Preds at 8.30, I believe. So... They're both on NBC Sports Network tonight. It's good. It's good. Animal Action Planet will probably outdraw it, whatever they're uh, oh, airing tonight anyway. Can't argue. Life of the Hippopotamus, I think, is running from 7 to 8. It's going to be a really good one. Yeah, and then from 8 to 9, it's just uh, cows in a pasture. It's like the Yule Log, but they just show you cows in a pasture. You drink every time one craps or something? Mm-hmm. Is it time for question, Chet? It sure is, Judd. <laughs> Every year, NFL Network breaks out the top 100 players in the league according to a survey of players in the league list. Who don't really get a chance to watch other players in the league because they're too busy playing in the league. It's all genius. Well, uh, for the win, USA Today blog decided to take the last five years' lists and average them out to find out who the best players in the league are over the last five years, okay. according to the players in the league. Makes sense? Why don't they just ask the players in the league who they think the best players in the league are over the past five years? A lot of people haven't been in the league for five years. Maybe somebody who was in the league the last for four years. And I don't know why they don't do it. I don't write for the dang publication. <laughs> All I do know is that if anybody wasn't in the league this past season, they are not included on the list. Retired or otherwise, Colin Kaepernick. And if you weren't in the league for, say, five years, maybe you've only played for four years, you were just given an average of 150th uh, for that year you didn't play, and that's how it worked out. Are you ready? Okay. Your job here as part of question number one, I'm going to start at number one and go down. Tell me the first name I get to that you think is absolute bullcrap and doesn't belong anywhere near where they are ranked. Okay. Number one, Brady. That's fine. Number two, Rodgers. Number three, J.J. Watt. Bullcrap. Why? He's not a quarterback. So he can't, therefore, it's cannot best possibly. best football players. It's not most valuable football players. It's best. I'm willing to have player. you keep going. Okay, let's keep going. Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should be above Watt, but that's fine. A.J. Green. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, no. What? Nope. Wait. A.J. Green, what? number five. Nope. nope. So he's so he's regarded by the NFL players. So if you're ever wondering whether any of these survey of the NFL players oh, things they're awful. are right, they're a joke. the fact that they think AJ Green is the best receiver over the past five years. The way they write it up here briefly, you rarely hear Green's name brought up in a discussion of the best receiver in the game. But here he is, top five of all players uh-uh. over the last half decade. Consistency pays off. So I would have stopped the exercise at that point and not published it. <laughs> now, is it possible that loopholes like Calvin Johnson retired two years ago, so he's not on the list, right? And Odell Beckham Jr. is only like three years into the league and had some injuries. So so there's, like, there's definitely loopholes here that are leading to this aggregate putting him fifth, but it's still ridiculous. Okay. Who's okay. the... That was the question. You oh. guys both. Oh, yeah. it's ridiculous. I just want to see the yeah. first yeah. one you got to that was ridiculous. How oh, far yeah. we had yeah. to go five, down. Five, that's that's <laughs> awful. I do have another question regarding this list, however. First of all, uh, this isn't an official question, but take a guess where AP ranks. Adrian Peterson. Way too high because yeah. it's a player list. It's going to be like 10th or something. Yeah, it's it's for sure high. Thankfully, he is out of top 10, but he is uh, 13. Okay, that's, that's amazing. 13 on the list. Because players worship him. Okay, who are the next three? Do you have the, the rest, like the next three players after AP on this list? Uh, after Adrian Peterson? Yeah. 
Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Des Bryant, 15, Antonio Des, Brown. Des Bryant. Des Bryant. Yeah. yeah. Who was who was 6 through 10, just out of curiosity, after A.J. Green? Yeah, you love the list. Uh, Gronk, Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson, Russell Wilson, Von Miller. Mm. Right. Who was like between 87 and 93? <laughs> That's interesting, because I'm actually getting to those names. Okay. Oh, interesting. This is going to be where, yep. There are three Vikings, <laughs> current Vikings, yep. that made that list. Not former Vikings like AP, but three guys currently on the Vikings roster that are on that list. First of all, do you think you can name them? And it's a it's a one hundred or one fifty list. Top one hundred. I can for sure name two. Well, Harrison Smith's on it for sure. He's on there for sure. Yep. Give yourself a ding for that one. Okay. Uh, so he's for sure. Um, I'm gonna say Kirk Cousins is on there for sure. Give yourself a ding for that one. And the other one Griffin? is. Is it Everson or is it Xavier? Or Linville. Um, just buzz them all. That's for all three of those you just named. Okay. Um, interesting. You have to think hard about this one. You probably don't think of them yet as a Viking. Oh. Sheldon Richardson. Okay. Oh, well, so really, they only, I, I so really like they only have un- one. They I, only have one, really, then. Because the other two haven't even played. I feel like them. that was an un- unfair question. Well, that was only part of the question. Yeah, that was to introduce question number two. So those are your three on the list, by the way. Uh, Harrison, the best ranking, 89, Richardson, 90, Cousins, 95. Which Viking is the most hosed for not getting on that list? Uh, I mean, probably, I would say uh, Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes is one of the best cover corners in the NFL the last three years now. Yeah, well, unless there's unless there's 10 other cornerbacks that are... I'm going to give you Linval Joseph. He's a top 100 player for sure as well. Rhodes... Linval Griffin, but um, I would say, I mean, with with the difference that Joseph makes in, in that defense, to not rate him among the top 100 yeah. and Rhodes is ridiculous. And you notice this is, a, I haven't looked at the whole list, but it's an interesting window into the way NFL players think that Des Bryant and A.J. Green are so high, and all these other impactful players at other non-quarterback positions are like these Vikings players. Who's more impactful? To your team, if well, right now, if you had to pick a player for the next three years, would it be Des Bryant or Harrison Smith? I mean, yeah, give me a break. Tough. Not even close. And they're eighty spots apart in the rankings. The problem is that that the league passes out the out these sheets for, for players to fill out. A bunch of players don't fill them out, and then Collars told me the story that basically players will ask people, "Hey, who's this guy play for?" and then yeah. vote for him. Right, because they're in Which their is own. Why Peterson is so high? Like they're only focused on, and they're not even like watching the opposing team's games with a fan eye, or they're no. they're just watching film of schemes. So how often are NFL players really watching other NFL teams? Highlights. Right. That's pretty much it. Yep. Final question for the day. Charles Barkley had to apologize last night. It seems he was forced to apologize for saying somebody should punch Draymond Green in the face. Draymond taking exception, as did Draymond's mom. And Chuck feels really bad, though he meant every word he said and finds Draymond to be annoying. So you can't tell people that they should be punched in the face. Bleep it, I don't care. You're going to tell people they should be punched in the face. The one athlete, past or present, you feel should be punched in the face. And what would happen if you were the one that delivered that punch? <laughs> what would happen next? Oh, uh, boy, let me, how many wild players can I think of right now? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? You know what? Thomas Vanek. Well, three years, 18 mil or something like that. You gave me absolutely nothing. You didn't care. I would have punched him in the face to to wake him up. Now, he would have beaten me up next, 
So I, I would ultimately be hurt, but it would be worth it because maybe it might have gotten through to him that he should start trying harder. Thomas Vanek. Could I sw- could I could I take the question and tweak it that I would take a switch to Adrian Peterson? Just That's to- <laughs> I mean, you could. I would take a switch to Adrian Peterson. And then what would happen? He would likely take the switch back from me yeah, and destroy you. And then I would no longer be able to function. Well, he might not. He might say, you know, that's Texas justice. That's how we do it down here. And, uh, you know, that's that's the way people are disciplined. So I'm fine with that. That's why he ranks high on the NFL top 100 list, too. He's willing to discipline when needed. Uh, I think our guy Chris Long is going to come hang out with us here at some point before the show is over. Woo. Let's talk. Yes. Let's make that uh, Ric Flair official. Let's talk about the Chris Lindahl team for a second here. The number one REMAX results team in America for a reason, uh, one of the cool things they have tapped into is a database exclusive to the Chris Lindahl team of homes that aren't listed on the MLS. So, you know, one of the big problems right now around the country, homes are selling so fast, people are thinking, if my house sells in three days, where am I going to live? You know, I need to, I need to find a house. It's kind of a tricky dance that you do when you put your house up for sale. And you want to make sure that you're not just settling for something that's subpar or maybe you have to go to some, some sort of transition home or whatever, go crash at the Zolgads. You want to make sure that you have great options to choose from and you can tap in through the Chris Lindahl team to all kinds more houses, uh, a huge market to get over your cellophobia. And all you have to do to explore this is go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K or call 763-4- Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It is going to be fun. There's going to be fun. Mackey and Judd. It's not always going to be easy. It could cause plenty of angst. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Judd. We got our guy Chris Long in here from 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. Uh, I'm just nervously sweating this Caps Pen series. I'm used to it by now. It always ends very similarly. You don't, get, you don't nervously sweat until it's overtime of Game Seven. <laughs> then you start worrying because that's when they throw up on themselves. Which is destined to happen. Of course right? it is. They're it, the hockey Vikings. You're, by the, for people just listening, you are a Washington Capitals. Fan, yes, so. I'm a big fan of admitting biases, and and <laughs> I don't have too many left in sports anymore. But that's one I will fully admit. And I, if we're going to have any conversation about the NHL playoffs, I want to get that right mm-hmm. on the table. You're up two to one. Come on, seven. Ovi's look great. He scored a goal in game two. That was fantastic. Seven, seven, yeah, seven game series. Oh boy, here we go. I think it's <laughs> we, we, you brought this on. I right know. So Judd and I were arguing, and Chip was in here, and we were, in the, yeah, in the. <laughs> you knew this was coming. That's a reward for those of you that listen all day, every day. <laughs> this is what going to a Twins game in the eighth inning oh, is it's like. Awful. Too. Yeah. It's it's awful. Um. So. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to drive right, both you guys crazy. I can just take my headphones off. Come right. Is this what it's like doing your job at shortstop in the eighth inning of a game at Target Field? <laughs> yes. Three hours in, um, like Judd is. Judd was apoplectic that Nashville, Winnipeg, because of the sort of the screwy playoff format, that that's happening in the second round. And I said that's like too granular for NHL's. Like NHL has a lot of problems, and Winnipeg, Nashville, not being more of a featured Western Conference Finals matchup is not part of the. But Pat's ca- Pat Pat's Penn's caps is something. It's one of the rare storylines with yeah. dynasty and superstars and capitals and history. You know, yes, and ge- geography. Sure. I think if the NHL had two or three more great storylines like what's happening in that series, it would be more mainstream. It would be more appealing for fa- for people who are flipping around looking at different things to watch. It is chicken and egg. I mean, you can't create it. You can't say we're going to make. You know, when you say Winnipeg, Nashville, you're not exactly talking cities that evoke 
show oh, yeah. sports no. passion it's among the anybody. sixth largest it's, city in Canada. It's, like, <laughs> it's right. not. It's not about the teams. It's about the playoff structure, which we all decided three years ago should be fixed, and they're just not going to fix it. It's so simple. Just I know, but one, that one to sixteen, but, but please, that's but just one to sixteen. But I'm not even talking about the two teams playing. What I'm saying, the frustrating thing about this league, if you if you love the sport as much as we do, Chris, is this: there's about five things that could be fixed. <laughs> Five in the remainder of this show. No, no, I'm saying we could we could solve about five things sure. in the remaining time left on air and go to Gary Dumbo and give him the solution. <laughs> Is he related to the wild defenseman? And so, well, he's Gary well, Dumbo, and, and, and that's what and that's yeah. what gets me. NBA, nothing is Seeders. better, and nothing is better than when Raptors Cavs ends and you catch your breath and it's a great overtime game. Then boom, we're Golden State. We're Golden State. Who are they playing? Uh, they're, uh, Golden State's playing the Pelicans. Thank you. Golden State, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Why Winnipeg, Nashville? Not sexy. That's a great matchup. Oh, it's that a could great be a series. Stanley Cup Finals. And if you're not a you or I Judd level hockey fan, yes. you don't know that. Why are they playing that game at the exact same time as Caps Penguins on CNBC? Why? That's a that's an absolute legit gripe. Why? And you I only have, about that. You only have, no, I agree with that gripe. Stagger yeah, the sure. start okay. times by ninety which, minutes. Which they're I'm doing sorry, tonight. I'm sorry, Washington fans. You got to get to the rink at six p.m. Which, Eastern so that we can have Nashville, Winnipeg start ninety minutes later. Boom! We which, go right to that. Game. Which we're doing tonight, but we didn't do on Tuesday night. And and how many wild games did we both cover in recent years where it wasn't inconvenient for a fan going to the game eight thirty start so people could watch from their couches? Right. So at, why all of a sudden now on Tuesday right. night are they on CNBC? Yeah, at the very least, stagger it by a half hour so that you, you, can, go, you can yeah you can go into like the third period of a game after you've been watching something else. Yeah, <laughs> and if a game starts at six o'clock Eastern and then eight o'clock Central, we're golden. We're olden. Mm-hmm. It's an hour stagger. No these one's going to have a problem. These are all very fixable issues that I don't understand. Why hockey? Why does hockey? And, and I'm not even trying to imply that if they got it all right, that that they they would become a hugely popular sport. It would help. But I don't under. But I don't understand why they consistently cut their nose off. All right. When when so many things are literally would be based on common sense. I'll open Pandora's box here since you guys needled me as I sat down here in the break. When do you, when are you as a lukewarm hockey fan, Phil Mackey, most drawn to watch the sport? Um, well, Olympics. Boom. That's the okay. answer I was looking for. Okay. I should have been a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> I rest the, my case. The IAAHF, IIHF, <laughs> I double IHF. Very simple. If you make contact with the player in the head, whether you meant to do it, whether you didn't, yeah. whether he ducked into you, whatever, it's incumbent on you to avoid that. Period. End of conversation. The NHL needs to adopt this. I don't, I, I've been arguing with trolls on Twitter for two days about this Tom Wilson hit. Under the rule, it's, it's steroids in baseball in the 90s. Yeah. Under the rules as they are written right now, that was not a dirty or punishable, in my opinion, hit. It's unfortunate that the guy who was six inches shorter than Tom Wilson got hurt. And it also doesn't help that Tom Wilson took out his second penguin in two games. But letter of the law, what he did was not an illegal hit, and he gets suspended. If you were to say any any contact to the head is at least a penalty, possibly suspendable, even as a Washington Capitals fan, I'd be sitting here saying, okay, he knew the rules going in. But to get three games, half a playoff series, for doing at full speed what I think, and again, I'll admit my bias, 
I don't know what else he could have done other than just say, well, I'm not going to hit this but the, guy. But this, and if the rule is you can't yeah. make head contact, he makes the decision to not hit the Except guy. Except here's where there's such morons. This is the same league where your commissioner, even the National Football League commissioner, has admitted that there's concerns about head traumas, right? This is the same league where Gary Bettman won't cop to anything. So... He, I'm sure he's thinking, well, if we rewrite this rule now and say he can't, that that's going to be us copying to the fact that, that we have a hit to the head issue, uh-huh. which by the way, you do have. And it's 2018. So let's all, let's all make this game as safe as possible. This is where the league drives me nuts. I think, and again, this is like, you guys are much more entrenched in the sport and I'm kind of like drive by. I'm all. I'm very choosy. You're the fan we need. For sure. I'm going to watch. And I'm, by the way, like, I make a living in sports. There's no reason. I'm lukewarm There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to at least rope you in right now. But other, correct, other sports, football, specifically football and basketball, they make it easier for the best players to operate. They create space. They make it easier to score, to throw the ball. Mm -hmm. If you're Steph Curry, you're not getting hand-checked every five seconds. Here's another thing, too. If I flip on the NBA playoffs, or let's start with the NFL playoffs, Barring Rodgers being out for half the year and the Packers whiffing on the playoffs, I know in January when I'm looking for the best games on the brightest stage, I'm going to get Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, and I'm going to get Aaron Rodgers. Fewer teams make the playoffs. I mean, that's part of that argument. And But but my point is, I know that I'm going to watch superstars. In the NBA, Like I can go up and down a list of the top 25 players in the league, and 23 of them are in the playoffs, if not all 25. And six of them are in Golden State. In the NHL, <laughs> and, and baseball has the same problem, too, yeah. where individual players aren't as influential in winning as a team because yeah. you just you just need more, and they're not, they're not... Like in hockey, you're only on the ice for, let's say, 20 or 25 minutes out of 60. Baseball, you only get one at-bat out of 35, or four at-bats out of whatever, 35 team at-bats. So I flip on the playoffs. I don't get Patrick Kane. I don't get Connor McDavid. There's players I don't get because they don't make the playoffs. And in baseball, I flip on the playoffs. I don't get Mike Trout. I don't get, you know, I might not get Bryce Harper now because they're like six games under 500. So the NFL and the NBA have built in advantages where their stars are almost always playing in the postseason year after year after year. All the guys you named in the NFL under stars are quarterbacks, all of them. Mm-hmm. So that's a unique situation in sports. I mean, For sure. We, we talk about it when we talk about the draft, anything. Yeah. It's the most important. That's all that's about. Basketball, they've got this weird situation where I, I guess I don't know enough about everybody's contracts, but it's certainly, I mean, Dwayne Wade and, and, and Chris Bosh, I think, started this when they joined LeBron. Stars in the NBA are now willing to take less money to go play for a winner. You can't fix that. Like a lot of people say, well, the dynasty thing that's going on in the NBA is not yeah. good for the game. I see that argument. How do you fix it? Like Durant takes less money. Like Durant could make forty five million dollars. This, if but but and, the, and when you well, let me finish thought. Sure. When you go to hockey, you get guys like the the Shadeen twins who played their entire career in relative anonymity in Vancouver. And McDavid is now. They're Hall of Famers, and hockey fans probably never saw them play. McDavid is suffering the same fate. You can't punish those smaller teams. That goes back to what I'm talking about at the very beginning with this Winnipeg-Nashville series. Find a way so people can watch these games, not just in the playoffs, during the regular season. I never saw Connor McDavid on television this year. Because they, I think an NBC Sports Network, which a year ago I think didn't show one Oilers game, well, showed one this year. But but NBC's part to of the, the point. That's no, not me working no, for yes. I have no affiliation with ABC. I'm employed but by the point now, NBC current hockey's a mess. Is the fact that this league isn't front and center focusing on P.K. Subban is ridiculous. Sure. He is a dynamic sure. player. He should have a half-hour show every week. He would draw people in. I think you'd have a lot of non-Puck fans be like, oh, wow, this is a great story. This is really cool. He's a he's a marvelous player. And the lasting impression I have is 
Mike Milbury calling him a clown because he yeah. had the audacity to have fun during warm-ups. Does, does the NHL... No, I know, but it's ridiculous. Milbury goes into the whole NBC umbrella. You know, p- part of what makes... You know, in the I can go back 20 years watching Inside the NBA, which on TNT is, the for my money, the best sports show right now. Or my childhood this week in baseball. For sure. Before there was cable, that was my window into national baseball. Yep, these yeah. iconic sort of highlight shows. Yeah. Does the NHL have like a Charles Barkley equivalent that we can tap into? Don Cherry is Canadian, so we need like an American Milbury's NHL version. Attempt. Ronick? But he's not, but Milbury's I know, so no, pretentious. I'm not, no, I'm, I agree, but, yes. Ronick? He's kind of... Here's the problem. If those guys were to, if any of the guys we just named or anybody else said anything remotely close to what Charles Barkley is saying that brings attention oh, to the league Gary and, would lose and is the mind. reason I stay up till one in the morning to watch inside the NBA, even though I'm not a big NBA fan. Yeah. I watch that because it's good television. Yeah. For sure. The NHL would lose it. Men in Blazers. Like, I, I need Gary some Bettman peripheral programming crazy. that gets me excited about the sport. Have to be able to poke fun at yourself. Have to let people be a little controversial. Those are two things the NHL does not do. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, Drives me nuts. Let's take a quick break. You want to hang around? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. we got a, uh, one more segment left here. We could. There's a couple other things. Actually, you and I... I don't know if I came up with this or you did, but I know that you and I agree on how to fix kickoffs and onsite kicks. I heard kicks. you talking earlier. We got so it. So yeah. let's, uh, we can dive into that too. But Judd's got a word here for prime mortgage lending. Thank you, sir. You, you know, there are some things that drive me absolutely up the wall, National Hockey League being one, but I'll tell you one that doesn't. Prime and my friend Kent McCullough, and here's why. That's because Prime and Kent aren't simply uh, set on selling you on something. They want to earn your trust first. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. Now you're asking yourself, well, that sounds great, Judd, but what does it mean exactly? And I'm going to tell you. It means while Prime would love to have you as a client, what they want to do is they want to sit down and meet with you first. They want to explain their plan, and then the decision is up to you. This is about two very important things when it comes to sports, when it comes to business, when it comes to life, teamwork and collaboration. It's what Prime is all about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of that mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing cost? You heard that right. Not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you. And now you're saying, well, this all sounds fantastic, but I need one thing, a website. GoPrimeWithKent.com. GoPrimeWithKent.com. GoPrime. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Mackie and Judd. Be ready. On 1500 ESPN. It's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow. That's beautiful. So beautiful. It is the official GL Garage opener. Celebrate with 1500 ESPN and Garage Logic 1 to 3 tomorrow. It's a live GL broadcast at Charlie's on Pryor in Pryor Lake. Come enjoy the weather and enter to win a new Legacy 850 garage door opener from Overhead Door Company of the Northland. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. I want to mock. Mock! I want to mock. mock. Chris Long looks very confused. What is yeah. today's date? <laughs> Didn't I just today? cover a draft a week May ago? May 3rd, 2018. Are we 2019 mocking? ESPN.com. Oh, no. Todd oh, McShay's yeah. like, way oh. too early 2019 Mid- NFL mock draft. Mitch Leidner was a first round pick in this, man. I remember. Oh, this was the Exactly. Three years ago, That's Mitch right. Leidner was the first, or two years ago, two years ago. To the Dallas the Cowboys, pick. Romo's replacement. Where'd he end up going? Uh, Bite Squad. Bite Squad, yeah. <laughs> I got your delivery here. <laughs> so here's what Todd McShay foresees, likely incorrectly, for the 2019 draft as of May 3rd, 2018. And it's just as interesting to see where he thinks teams are picking, too, because that's his opinion on how the season's going to play out. So he's got the Bills as a disaster, drafting Ed Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston. Never heard of him. Nick Bosa going to the 
Putrid Bears at number two. Hey, Joey Bosa's brother. Him, hey, I know. Uh, let's see. Rashawn Gary, the defensive end from Michigan. Hey, We've seen Big Ten play. Uh, to the Giants at three. Jets taking Greg Little, offensive lineman from, uh, let's see here, Ole Miss. Nope. We're going to skip ahead here. Find a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, where's the quarterback? Skill let's position go. in Big Ten players. I don't think players. this is a big quarterback draft. Skill Listen. position, Big Ten, and Alabama players only. Oh, please. here we go. Here's the first quarterback off the board. Maybe Chris can speak to his guy at Mizzou, Drew, Drew Locke. Locke. The Jaguars at 17. After uh, Blake 17? Bo- so he's got the Jags out of the playoffs because of Blake Bortles and then them reacting by drafting. Blaine Gabbard. Oh, right? Yeah, it's Blaine Gabbard all over again. Oh, boy. Here we uh, go. Drew Locke almost came out this year and would have been a... Well, not this year because there's a billion quarter. You know what? He might have been a late first round pick. What offense year. do they run now? Spread. Still, okay. yeah, he's 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 good. He's good, and the team has no. not been good, so we he's not on the radar. And then he has another quarterback. They scored a million points this year, but allowed a million twenty. Yeah, he's a lock to be a first rounder. Oh, wow, there it is. I gotta go. <laughs> Between he and his receivers at Missouri, great combination. Check, please. Yeah, exactly. That, that, one, took, that, one, to the draft. that one took me a second. The combination <laughs> one took me a second. I laugh every time at these. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then yes, number 24, oh. according to Todd McShay's way too early 2019 mock draft, the Vikings selecting from Boston College defensive end Zach Allen. I want a mock. Mock. I want to Is that that doesn't seem to be? I mean, I can't believe I'm about to say this. That seems to be not a need, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, maybe Griffin and Hunter. Zim can never have enough. Listen, Todd McShay is on the record saying he mails this thing in, right? That was the funny thing. That dude put Mitch Leidner in the first round, so he's got the Vikings as a playoff team, but not uh, like a wild card ish team, right? Somewhere in there, which if you play law of average, is probably about right. Yeah, he had the Packers picking much later. I closed it out. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, really? uh, Yeah. Boston College Hovan came from BC, right? He did. My lookalike. He's a bigger fitter. We we did a story back way back then of oh, sort of yeah, a funny separated resemblance. Yeah. I had a goatee then. Okay. Did you ever wear face paint to the bars back in the early two thousands? Maybe and, and become a complete jerk. <laughs> that I did do. And underperform. <laughs> face paint. Well, that I definitely did. One hundred percent. I want a mock. Mock. <laughs> I want to. We, okay, we need this onside kick or kickoff movement to, uh, to gain some momentum. Instead of a kickoff... You and I came up with this like a year and a half like ago. A couple years ago. You just you, you Whatever it is, 4th and 18 or 4th and 15. The way we figured out, figure out 4th and what has the same conversion percentage as an onside kick. Correct. Or, that, whatever or, it is. Or if you want, make it more wow. exciting. Maybe like maybe something that's a little bit more often you know, uh, a sure thing. Maybe it's, it depends on how much you want. You want a 14 point lead with two minutes left to be relatively safe. For sure. But wouldn't it be a lot more fun if instead of Blair Walsh's foot on an onside kick, if the game was in the hands of Russell Wilson? Onside on kicks and are stupid. Onside no, kicks, you're relying. I like this. You're, you are, yeah, no problem with it. Onside kick, you're pitting the result of a game based on the bounce of a misshapen ball. Yes. yes. It makes no sense. Yeah. I'm going to try to kick this into the ground and hope it bounces weird. Yeah. So as as they sit here and in a couple of weeks, they're going to come up with some like modification to kickoffs and it's getting closer to a punt. Bleep it. They're all punts. Look, and if you want to go for it, it's fourth and 18. You can go for it. Very few things make you sit up in your seat while watching an NFL game like a fake punt. You see the, the, the punter look up and you go, oh, here we go. 
It's either going to be a sucker punch to the defense or a little tiny guy's going to get crushed. And, one then, or the other. and then what would happen, and this is where like the early 90s Eagles were ahead of their time, if you had a quarterback, quarterback who, who could, could kick the ball 50 yards, yes. you'd always line him up, right? Right. Or you'd, or you'd go through the extra work of teaching your quarterback until he gets to be 40-year-old Tom Brady. You need someone with a little bit of you know athleticism there. Right. Like Aaron Rodgers could probably kick a ball pretty far right. still. And however far, all right, so say you want mo- the average punt to land at what, the five? That's What's the, the question. Punt? 55 yards? But that's the question. Do you want guys, because of the hang time, do you want guys on quote-unquote kickoffs, which are punts, do you want them having to fair catch a ball at the five-yard line? Well, so you'd have to figure that out. No, you get out of the way and let it bounce because it's a punt, so it's not a live ball. That's the, true. The old that's rule the point. coaches always told us, put your heels on the 10, and if it goes over your head, leave it alone. Leave it, yes. But even if you're fair catching at the 12, and now teams have to go 80, and there's a little, there's a logistical thing to figure out there. If you want those things right, to land so maybe at the 15 you want or the 20. To, maybe not 20. That's probably too far because then mm-hmm. if the guy, and there's going to be shanks. I mean, punt's not, you know, it's not 100% science. So whatever. You make the line of scrimmage wherever you want so the ball's going to land. Would you you two quit? Football, I mean, it's got some problems, but if we're going to solve problems... Hockey. Let's go back, okay? We already did a whole segment of that. No, but we, there's a lot of problems to solve there. Let me say this. I played hockey and I played this football. This is a minor I played thing. hockey and played football. Hockey at a higher level. Yes. Can we solve and hockey? And Judd wants to spend even more time Wait, I played, bitching about his I, favorite I played, sport. I, played, I, I want to fix it. Hold on. I, I played hockey at a slightly higher level than I did football. I played yeah, you were good. bad JV football. Yeah, you are pretty good hockey. I have never been involved in harder collisions than when I was on kickoff teams. Ever. When I, sure. I, was, I was on both, I was on the return sure. team and I was on the coverage team. I was a gunner on the, and, and that is in all my years playing hockey. I never, my biggest hit given or taken paled in comparison to an average hit on a kickoff. Okay. Now that's me at 10th grade yeah, level, but you're letting guys now run go ahead 40 to yards down the field. Football. Yes. Now you've got these robots that run four, six forties. Like, that's the worst collision in sports. It's like everyone on the field has become the mid-90s Fox robot. It's like 240-pound <laughs> linebackers running 4-4-40 is just... There's a reason no starters are on the field during kickoffs. Yeah, because they're, di- they're worried that they're going to die right. on the field. All right, good stuff. Chris Long, yeah, find him on Channel thing. 5. Sorry, I kind of took things over there. No, dude, that's... Go Caps, Longer. Go Caps. They, they gave us plenty of time. Go Obi. <laughs> yes, go Tom Wilt. Oh, wait.